Welcome to episode four of the State Champs Extra Inning Podcast for the state of Michigan alongside Lanphier High School head coach Adam Woolley. I'm your host, Rob Medica. This week we are talking college recruiting, and this episode promises to be one of the one that'll be packed with information. So you might want to grab a pen and paper. I'll take a pause, go grab it right now, and take some notes for our guest this week. Will help us better understand the recruiting process and help clear up some of the information that is changing in the college game. But before that, let's take a few minutes to acknowledge our sponsors who are here to support us as we grow the game of high school baseball across the state of Michigan. State Champs Michigan Extra Innings Podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity level sports, including baseball, at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Extra Innings is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA is in need of officials. Go to mhsaa.com for more information on becoming an Not only is it a great part-time job with excellent pay, but it's a way for you to stay connected to the game you love. Support the kids, give back, and get paid. Information's just a whistle away. Go to mhsaa.com slash officials. The pros at the Detroit Medical Center's Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine want you to check out our Game Changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery tips. Find them on our State Champs YouTube page or on the website statechampsnetwork.com or on the State Champs Michigan social media channels. And for immediate access go to, for, for care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. And we would be remiss to not mention the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year Awards. The state's elite athletes will be honored with a red carpet gala on Monday, June 14th at the incredible DAC in downtown Detroit. This year's nominees to be announced any day now, if not already. For more information, head over to DACAthleteoftheyear.com. Let's pass along to the listeners a special thank you to the uh, Michigan High School Baseball Coaches Association. The MHSBCA works tirelessly to promote the game of baseball by creating opportunities for coaches to connect and stay informed through clinics, social media, and incredible events like the annual high school all-star game and Hall of Fame inductions. For more information and to stay connected, check out the website at www.mhsbca.org. That's www.mhsbca.org. All right, let's get into some game summaries here. First off, let's talk Grand Rapids, Christian. Well, what's the rundown with them? Well, they're uh, an extremely young team, including four sophomores and a freshman with two top arms that are both sophomores. So the future's bright there. Kyle Remington's leading the way on the mound with a 3-0 record and 14 innings pitch. He's got 21 Ks. Kyle is also doing a pretty good job at the plate, hitting 395 with 18 run score. Ty Uchman, who is a uh, sophomore, he's hitting 389 with two homers and 17 ribs. And Sam Lysak is hitting 357 with 13 RBIs and hasn't allowed a stolen base yet behind the plate. Sam, if you're looking for a job, come on over to Lanphier. Uh, they went 5-0 <laughs> this week, sweeping Northview and uh, defeating Kalamazoo Christian and Unity Christian. On the season, they're 11-0 overall and 6-0 in league play. Also, West Ottawa is off to a great start as well. They worked their way to three big wins this week. Dakota Schaefer is hitting over 500 so far in the season. Blake Bozeman leads the team in runs and stolen bases. Nate Castens has been playing a great center field and been a surprise at the plate for both power and average. And back over on our neck of the woods, Rob, what do you have from Livonia? Uh, Livonia Franklin improved to 10-2 and two after going 4-1 and one this past week with the DH sweep. Uh, Dearborn along victories with Trenton and Monroe Jefferson, junior Zach Alusic. Sorry if I pronounced that name wrong, had another great outing, striking out 10, giving up just one hit in one of the victories over Dearborn while sophomore Kevin Davis threw a complete game. Damn. In the win over Trenton, Livonia Stevenson is now 11 and three Griffin Killender has opened the season with three, no hitters. Wow. And got a win in relief. So now he is four and oh. 
three no hitters. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> but out in Richmond, the Blue Devils are off to a toward start as well. They're 12 and 0 on the season. Uh, my man, Scott Evans, who is a man of many words, checked in and he, I said, Hey, Scott, give me a summary. He said, I just want to let you know my players are playing solid team ball. So no individuals <laughs> there. He just said solid team ball. And I, I, you can't argue when you're 12 and 0 on the season. If you missed his inter- part of his interview, he was part of that coach's roundtable from episode two. So go back in the archives, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and go listen to him. He was in- incredible along with the rest of the great coaches for that round table uh let's switch gears though uh some news out of the ncaa that is a different effect on our area players effective april 15th the ncaa announced that all in-person recruiting for d1 sports will resume june 1st 2021 this means that coaches will be able to return to their normal recruiting calendars and activities the ncaa has recently issued updated recruiting rules for the d1 and d2 levels well can you share a little bit more about what's going on here Yeah, there's a little bit at play. And then obviously the guest that we will be having on in just a few minutes here is going to absolutely slam the door uh, like a good closer would on all the information that I skip over or maybe even get a little (laughs) bit incorrect, but that's okay. Um, Yeah, Rob. Let's start with a top dog, NCAA Division One. The NCAA has announced that on June 1st, 2021, the dead period will end and sports can return to regular recruiting activities. In Division Two, their normal recruiting calendars resumed on September 1st, 2020, and coaches can now participate in all types of recruiting activity. While over in Division Three, there haven't been any major announcements. So one of the best things that we can do right now as far as talking directly to players and coaches is recommend that they reach out directly to any programs that they've been in contact with and just simply talk about recruiting plans. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as the recruits go, what do they need to know about the new NCAA rules as far as, you know, picking their spots and what have you? So all recruits, they they should check with coaches anyway, regardless about yeah. what scheduled visits, because, you know, institutions are going to differ from place to place. Yep. And coaches can still communicate with you by phone and written correspondence, such as emails, text, social media, DMs, things of that nature. The NCAA is going to continue to consult with experts to determine whether or not, uh, you know, the date needs to be extended. Yep. Um, this does have an impact on on-campus contact. If you've arranged to meet with a college coach on or off campus, <clears throat> excuse me, contact them directly or reschedule schedule or double check the status of those visits. And while you're off campus recruiting has been suspended, coaches and like I said, can still communicate. And here's the thing, college coaches, and again, hopefully we'll get get more light shed on this, may be able to do different types of things to retain roster flexibility, which is something you and I were discussing. Um, Things that are out there, gray shirts, red shirt scholarship offers, things like that. Mm -hmm. The NCAA is currently the only division level uh, that does not have in-person recruiting, but that dead period again will end June 1st, 2021. NCAA uh, Division II, Division III, NAIA, and NJCAA, which is the JUCO level coaches, are able to participate in regular recruiting activities, including attending camps, tournaments, and recruiting events. If you're in contact with coaches at these programs, again, we recommend checking with them directly to ensure that face-to-face meetings or in-person scouting are not canceled or postponed. There's a lot of information there. Well, you know, great information. So if you, you know, if you're a player, coaches, and anything else, listen to that, right? It's basically time to perk it up a little bit and be ready to go because it's going to be a whirlwind, I'm sure, of activity. Uh, with that, though, it's time to bring on the man who was previously on the MSU bench from 2009 to 2014. He served as the Spartans associate head coach from 2011 to 2014 as well, before becoming the skipper at Eastern Michigan for the 2015 season. He returned to Michigan State where he is in his fourth season back on the Spartan bench and in the 10th season over all with the green and white please welcome the assistant coach and pitching coach at michigan state mark vandemede mark welcome to the show my man 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, to say that I am excited is an under uh, is an understatement. When uh, Coach Woolley told me that he he was able to land you, I kind of did a small backflip. Yeah, we're not gonna. We're not, <laughs> wow. Not acknowledge the fact that I can't do one, but I'm super stoked to have a college coach on here with with the resume like yours. So I could be more excited. VIP, uh, VIP, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, very important person for sure. But before Except we start, in my own house. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I made sure not to wear my Michigan hat today, too. So I'm, I'm staying new. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, before we start getting talking about some college recruiting and specifically um, how high school players, parents, coaches can better navigate, you know, these uh, unique times for sure in recruiting. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your life in baseball and how you got where you're at today. Well, um, you know, certainly played. I, I, I had an opportunity to play at the University of Detroit. Uh, I actually went there kind of through the junior college route. I played at Henry Ford Community College for a guy named Stu Rose, who's been in baseball a long time. And um, then I transferred to UAD, played for Coach Miller over there. It was kind of an institution at UAD for, shoot, probably 40 years or more. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I was was done playing, I fully expected to be drafted and pitching for the Tigers or whoever else. (laughs) And... um, the, the draft came and things have changed so much. I mean, this is 25 years ago now, but the draft came and uh, I didn't get selected. I, I tried a number of other routes, independent ball and, and maybe sign on with a team as a free agent deal. And, um, and so it didn't really work out uh, after some time where I think at that point I was really a little frustrated because I had committed so, really my entire life to at that point right. uh, to the game. Um, I got back in just just really probably the credit should go to my mom. Um, and I got a job as a pitching coach at what was then St. Mary's College, which was on the same campus as Orchard Lake St. Mary's Prep and since merged with Madonna. Anyway, this was maybe 1999 or so. And I went there as the pitching coach for the fall. After the fall, the head coach abruptly resigned and they asked me if I wanted to be the head coach. <laughs> I said, I guess, <laughs> um, you know, I, I didn't really, I mean, I knew baseball, but I didn't really know what I was doing as a coach quite yet. So mm-hmm. anyway, we did that for a year. That program was starting from scratch. We, it was a whole, everything was brand new. Um, and, uh, did that. I was there for about a year and a half. And then I went to UAD where I had played and helped out. Uh, Chris Zarnick was the head coach at the time. And, um, I was an assistant there for four years before they folded the program. And, you know, Long story short, during that time, I met a number of coaches. I started a network. I realized I wanted to do this for a career. And that led to when the uh, when Detroit canceled their program, I was able to get a job at Georgetown out uh, with the Hoyas in Washington, D.C. And I was a pitching coach there for a few years. And then Jake Boss brought me back uh, as his pitching coach at Eastern Michigan. This was would have been 2008. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were only there for about six months. We won the MAC. Uh, went to a regional, had a really good team, coached a guy who's currently in the big leagues. In fact, he pitched today, Matt Shoemaker. Wow. And um, we got the job at Michigan State. And, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history, as they say. I mean, we had some good success at State, won the won the Big Ten in 2011, had another regional bid in 12. And then I was able to get the head coaching job, which I really wanted to do. And, um, you know, I ended up coming back. I uh, really enjoyed being a head coach. Um, and Michigan State's always kind of pulled at me a little bit. And um, I don't know that I would have left for many assistance, assistant jobs, but uh, 
I've known Jake for over 20 years. He's a friend of mine. I knew what I was doing mm-hmm. and getting into. And, um, you know, they made it a pretty good situation where uh, it was really attractive to come back. So here we are trying to get things going again and see if we can win another Big Ten. What an excellent coaching staff, too. And I, I got a chance to meet you guys and get to know you through the recruiting process with one of my players. And, um, you know, we we just kind of hit it off immediately. And you guys were so forthcoming with information, so helpful along the way. And that's when we started discussing this about, like, you know, the huge changes that we're going about in recruiting. I thought, you know, who better can we get on there? So let's start there, Mark. Let's jump right in. March 13th, 2020 changed life for pretty much all of us. You know, it had to be a shock to the system for you guys having spent so much time and energy and getting things rolling just to have things stop abruptly. So can you talk a little bit about how COVID has affected the, the, the overall recruiting cycle and then specifically college, you know, some of the things that, you know, challenges you guys are facing as a program and, and what people should be aware of with this, you know, abrupt stop and change of pace. Yeah, the recruiting's, uh, well, I mean, there's been challenges in all fronts, but certainly as it pertains to recruiting, we're, um, we had a, a, the class say the, it would have been the, not the seniors last year, but the seniors this year. And um, even the class behind them a little bit uh, really have been hurt. And maybe even the seniors last year a little bit, um, because if they maybe venture to a junior college, you're not even able to see them at the junior college, for example, and guys that want to try to maybe, um, you know, develop a little bit later or, or just slip through the cracks somehow. Right. So what happens is, is you go, you go back actually to 2019. So after the uh, NLI period starts, which is in November of 2019, then we can't see anybody off campus until March 1st. Well, you know, this happened, you mentioned, I guess, March 13th, you know, it was right around there. So it's not like we saw anybody. So I haven't been to a high school game or any game to recruit since the fall of 2019 crazy so really what changed and we haven't done it i i don't know how all these schools are doing it but everything became about video highlights numbers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um evaluations from other people and um a lot of guys were making commitments and getting offers based on those things and you know, what's what's so hard is that the recruiting's changed so much, even in the last five years. And many schools are um, committing guys earlier and earlier, but a lot of those kids don't ever end up at that school anyway. Right. Yeah. So, you know, those young guys commit and then things totally change. And um, I think a lot of that was happening this past year where they're recruiting kids that they've never seen mm-hmm. and and making them offers now. If, if you followed us at all or whatever, I think we did that with one kid. Oh, that's not really our style. Um, and, you know, when you start working with these guys every day and, um, and you're with them all the time, you, you want, you need something more than just, do they have some ability? You know, I can watch a right. guy in a video and see if right. he moves well, or if he's got good hands probably, but of course I'm only getting, best of the best because he's not going to send me the stuff that he's doesn't not going to send you well. his strikeouts right <laughs> no so you know and i don't see his reaction i don't see how he walks on the field i don't see how he comes to the ballpark i don't see how he leaves after it don't, you don't see any of that right so there's no feel there's no uh, being able to evaluate him entirely and you're trying to look inside inside his inside him 
Right. I mean, is this guy tough? Is he not tough? I mean, yes, he's 16 years old, but how far along is he with that? Is he going to make excuses? Is he going to throw a bat? Is he going to, you know, have an issue with an umpire? Is he, I mean, just how does he conduct himself? Um, and that's really how you get recruited. Now you can't, you can't do all those things and not have the ability to play at the division one level, of course. Right. But I think sometimes what, what gets lost or is forgotten is, you know, we travel certainly a large part of the country and see a lot of kids that all have ability. And when you don't do that on an everyday basis, I think sometimes, you know, it's tough to remember that I'm just not the best guy in my town, but there's a thousand of me. <laughs> Absolutely. And Absolutely. so you're trying to, so, you, you know, I, I, we can take all these guys with ability and now we're trying to discern which ones are we really going to make an offer because you, you're, you're trying to have a consistently winning program, kids with character, kids that are going to represent Michigan state baseball. Well, these guys going to be away from us and we got to worry about it. You know, we, ideally you have a lower maintenance individual off the field and a guy that you can count on. And that's always what we're looking for. Um, and that is almost, I think, impossible to figure out when you don't get to see him play live. And uh, every coach is going to say their kid's the best. And every coach is going to say, oh, he's the hardest worker I ever had. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's such a competitor right. and never had any issues. And then you're right. with them every day and you go, well, I guess my definition of competitor or playing hard is, <laughs> right. uh, is different than this guy's. Right. And and it's tough. You don't want to say something bad about your own player either. So it's, you know, my, you know, and I took with Adam here, I mean, you know, there are guys, you know, for many years and you know, you're going to get an honest eval. But, um, you know, you have to deal with so many guys all over the place and it's always changing, especially with summer ball and they all have their own hitting coach, pitching coach, running coach, strength coach. So, you know, who knows? They, and they all want to promote their kid. Yeah. So you really have to get in there with them and see them. And ideally, ideally, you see them in a, in a difficult environment because if it's going well, I always tell my guys anyway, I, I, I mean, this might be a, a, a little overstep, but anybody can do it when it's going well, when you're feeling great and the yeah. sun's out and my pitches right. are going where they're supposed to go. Well, that's not special. Special is when you don't feel good and nothing's going right. And the umpire's not any good. And you find a way to bulldog through it yeah. and still be able to give your, your, your team a chance. And, you know, and that's part of the reason why too, we really like Michigan kids, at least first, it's not only, but you like the Michigan cause it's much easier to see them over and over and over. Right. And right. most of our greatest networking connections are with guys in the state. So, you know, that's, that's hopefully the way we're able to do it. Yeah. That was such a great, well thought out in depth answer. I, I if, if you're listening to this show before we keep going here, if you're a player, especially, I think you need to play that response back a couple of times in your head, because there were so <laughs> many details that I don't, I think players would, would benefit from in that response. Um, but a lot of recruiting too, you know, comes down to exposure for the student athlete, right? Obviously right now, as you mentioned earlier with the highlight tapes, you know, you don't get to see every little bit, right? So you're getting the best of the best of the best of those seven, you know, that shining moment that they have. Um, but what, what can they do maybe for those kids that maybe their highlight tape's just okay, right? Maybe, or maybe it slips through the cracks. What can they do to do, to get a, you know, to get on that radar a little bit better, or easier or faster? Um, 
you know, is there one thing that a lot of scouts are looking for that maybe they don't include in that highlight tape for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's something as simple as, you know, your, your approach, or maybe I want to see you strike out and see how your response to that. Right. And just take a good at bat. Yeah. I, so what, what we, uh, what we really like the video for pre COVID, I mean, we still like the video for the same reasons, but it's just been different during this period right. is to just be able to, you know, instead of just read a resume or read that the kid's interested in, here's a schedule, you can kind of put a face to the name mm-hmm. um, and you can kind of you know, see the body type. Is he, um, you know, is he stocky? Is he lean? Is he tall? Is he short? Does he have long limbs? Does he have short limbs? Does he look like he's 12 years old or does he look like he's 25? <laughs> you know, those things are good for the video. Um, watching him swing, you know, um, even at BP, a couple of swings is fine because at least you can see bat speed. You can see some maybe mechanical things within the swing, good, bad, or otherwise. Same thing with pitching, mm-hmm. uh, same thing with infield play. Um, even if they're sending all their highlights, at least we can see them move and, you know, really look, is this, is this guy look like there's some athleticism if I'm looking at a middle infielder and we recruit a lot of middle infielders, or, you know, if I'm looking at a catcher, is it really slow feet? Do we think those can get better? Or does this guy already look like, you know, he's, he's that far along in the process. Um, so there's another number of things. I, I think most of the time kids do a pretty good job with the videos. If anything, I would say it doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need music. Um, it doesn't have to be like paid by some private company. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it, there's nothing wrong with that if you want to do that, but I don't think it's necessary. I, I think if you're willing to spend a little time and send it to, um, you know, schools that you would be interested in uh, for starters and let them know who you are and who you play for and what's your mm-hmm. schedule. And maybe you're telling me, hey, I'm going to be at this showcase or this camp. Um, you know, you only have so much money to spend and all of it costs a lot of that stuff costs money and that, that's a challenge. I think for those that aren't able to afford to, you you really almost have to kind of zero in on trying to find a summer program that plays in events um, that, you know, it's tough because if you don't know, you don't know. But um, that is going to be at events with a, with a, a large number of teams. I mean, if for example, and this is no knock on USSA, but USSA at the high school level is not going to have many college coaches at. So, you know, if you go to the pastime events, if you go to the PBR events, if you go to the perfect game events, if you go, there's some, um, there's uh, the ultimate strike zone, the black swamp. Um, these are all events that college coaches will be at. Um, even if you can't get down to Georgia or you can't get to Nashville, you know, if you're just trying to do the best you can with time and money. Um, and the other thing that I would say is if you can try to find a couple of schools that you think would really be of interest and try to go to their camp because you can meet the coach, you know, for six hours or eight hours or two days, you Mm kind of have a one-on-one almost really. Um, absolutely. You know, I mean, some camps you'll have a, 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 a lot of kids at, but I mean, I can tell you at least at Michigan state, when we have camps for the high school kids, we're using them to recruit. Um, they're open to anybody, but we're locked in trying to evaluate somebody that if he's willing to come to our camp, man, I hope we got a good one in here or a couple of good ones, because that tells me they're really interested already 
and now you know that that's helpful so you know i i think that's always good i i'm not there to i'm not endorsing any organization over another i'm just saying that when it comes to the fact of the matter i know where the college coaches go and you know most 15 year old kids are going to have no idea i mean or maybe they, if they're paying attention or, or if they have a coach, they need a resource. Is there a high school coach that knows? Mm-hmm. Are they in a summer program that has an idea? Um, you know, those are all things. Gross Point used to have a great showcase. I, I don't know if they're going to do it again. Uh, uh, hopefully they do. But uh, the Redbirds used to run it. Dave Bergman did it for so many years. We would always go. You always get the in-state schools from the junior college division three to Michigan state are at this. And I I always thought it was a great event for guys. And if they could only go to one place, I always thought that was a great one to go to because there's going to be a lot of college coaches there watching and you got some good high school coaches that are there helping out. You you know, you touched on a lot of things there that really ring true to me that I've kind of observed over the last couple of years of, you know, roles changing and and the recruiting game changing in, in its entirety. So, you know, when we first met, which was almost 10, 11, 12 years ago, um, you know, as a, as a high school coach, I was there almost on a day-to-day basis with the player that was being recruited by uh, Michigan State, Greg Fettis at that point. And one of the things that um, that I had noticed is that I felt that as a coach, my my role was significantly different than it is now. And I think you touched on a really key component that you don't have to be disconnected as a Michigan high school baseball coach from the process. You can actually be a, a conduit. You know, you can find that information out and and provide that to your players that are currently with you. And regardless of whether or not they jump on a uh, on a strong summer team, you can still hook them up with opportunities. We've had conversations. Hey, Adam, get them over to the fall camp. Have them approach me. Talk to me. You know. And so, what I I guess the, the where's the question in all this, Willie? I'm getting to that. <laughs> we, um, the the thing that I would kind of like to know is what what advice would you give to the high school coaches to, you know, serve as their role? And what are you looking for from the high school coaches? Is it more a day-to-day type of thing with the, with the player, like how they react in school, how they react on the field, those kinds of things, where does the value of having the input from the high school coach really have the rubber meet the road for you at the, uh, at the college level? Well, you know, the things that I try to find out when I'm talking to a high school coach or any a coach that's had experience with with the recruit is um you know what is he like with his teammates is he coachable um how does he deal with failure is he the first one there is he the last to leave mm-hmm. um does he bring anybody along with him there's other are there some leadership skills in there or not how does he deal with uh, umpires how does he um you know, I guess more his, um, his general makeup. I mean, is this guy a positive day, a guy day to day? Is he rather moody? And the thing is, is I don't know that any one thing necessarily eliminates him. It's more like when you're putting this in a, in a blender, if you will, or you're evaluating, there's all these things together and you're, you're, you're kind of eventually coming up with, yes, this is a guy we really need to go after. He checks a lot of boxes or you know what, maybe we should slow pay. We need to learn more or we're just out, you know, we're not going to deal. We've had bad experiences with this kind of stuff before, and we're not even going to go, go near it. And, um, 
you know, I don't know that this is answering the question, but I think so much of that is lost on, on, um, when you're young like that, it's so hard to understand that there's anything other than maybe what's right in front of your face. And we've all been there, (laughs) you know, it's so as a coach, you understand that, but that's why guys who aren't like that stand out so much. And then as me personally, I'm like, man, I hope that guy's pretty good because I love all that stuff about him. And if he can bring that, he kinds of, they tend to be glue guys, you know, they bring everybody together. And if, and and then if they're really good, then, then that's an off the charts type of guy. But um, that's what I look for from the high school coach. I think we're a high school coach. And I would agree with you. You mentioned earlier is I think most of the kids and parents don't really know as much information as there is available with the internet and social media and everything's out there. And here you've got, you know, a podcast, it's almost information overload. So how do they even discern which way to go? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think if a high school coach has, is, is, um, you know, takes pride in his program and helping out his players. um, Wow. What a resource. I mean, you know, you're taking this kid maybe from 13 or 14 years old. And when he leaves you at 17, 18, um, have I helped prepare him for, for whatever. And, you know, you might be there going, man, I can see it's really in this kid that this is something he really wants to do mm-hmm. and, and to help him get there. And, um, you know, there are, there's, there's so many, there's so many good coaches. Um, and, uh, I think they just keep getting better. I mean, I think the biggest thing is if those high school guys really, you know, I mean, if you're coaching, you're not coaching for anything really, then you love the kids and you love the game, you know, you love to compete. And I think it's all, I think it's all about how can I help develop this kid on the field Mm -hmm. and off the field. And then if he plays baseball, I'm going to help him do that. And if he doesn't, I help develop him to, I mean, I, that's how I look at it, even with a college guy, just because he's 17 to 21 or whatever. Um, and I think that's always important to keep in mind a lot of time that that gets lost, but, um, that's where I think the high school coaches can be big. And I think the parents and kids, there's a lot, they don't know, despite all of that information and somebody who's in the game can really help, help guide them. You mentioned a lot of a lot of things there, um, you know, is you know, the love of the game and, and really, you know, setting them up for success, you know, as a man. Right. Um, and you mentioned there is a lot of great coaches out there, but, you know, maybe some may be asking this question of, you know, maybe I missed something. Maybe I didn't do enough for that ex kid. Right. For one reason or another. Is there something um, you know, if you have the opportunity right now on the show that is there, are there things that you may be seeing in recruits the last couple of years that maybe there's a skill or something that's lacking, you know, and is there something, any kind of advice you can give to some of these high school coaches to kind of help prepare their players for that next level, whether it's a mental thing, it's a, it's a physical tools thing, something where you're just like, I look at 12 kids and they all do this one thing wrong, or they all do this thing where you go, I don't know why we're missing that piece to them. Is there something that high school coaches can really like drill into their players who are listening to the show? Uh, well, you put me on the spot a little bit. You're a college coach, and I'm Sorry. talking about all these high school coaches. Yeah, that's that's my that's my bad. Sorry, I'm, I'm mean, the one I'm the one who throws uh, the, the hard ones. I think. Well, I I will say that I, I I'm not I'm not holding the high school coaches responsible for for any of this. Yeah. Um, you know the things 
the things I see is um, uh, how would I how would I answer that exactly? That um, I think that if a player is really good, good, uh, and they sometimes have not been coached much, um, they've been let to because you know I don't know how you know, if you got twenty kids on a team. Yeah. And there's one or two, maybe a little bit of outlier. You got to worry about all 20. And then maybe you just got to try to get, you know, 10 through 20 up to speed so you can go win a ball game. Right. So right. how much can you really do with And I don't know if that's the case, but that's the way I would, I guess I would kind of see it almost like maybe okay. teaching in a classroom or something. Right. And so, and this is probably always inevitable, but at some point they get it, you know, they get it they're going to get coached or they're going to realize that they're not having success. Mm -hmm. And the, the way they uh, respond to that, I think is everything. And you, you obviously can't control if they never have success, but um, I think there's too many guys that just maybe it's come easy or it's always come easy. And they just get lulled into the sense that they got it figured out, maybe not even consciously, but just, I got it. it yeah. And then somebody smacks them in the face and they look around and go, Oh my gosh, all these guys throw 92. What? I'm not the only guy that throws 92. What's Absolutely. this all about? Right. And they don't know how to respond. And, and um, those that respond well and eventually get through it turn out to be really good, but there are a number that don't. And I guess that would be my way of saying, it seems to me over the years, there are more guys that I think might be playing the game because they're good at it. Not because they really love to play. And, um, and that's kind of a bummer. I don't know, you know, I mean, I can have all my theories as to why that is, <laughs> Yeah. but whatever, I'm sure we all have theories as to why it is, but that is a big, that I think that's a big difference. And then the other one I would see, which I've been a little surprised is um, a lot of kind of the, the, the bench jockeying that coaches allow to go on. And what I call bench jockeying is, you know, I, I, I've actually, my son is a freshman in high school, but he's, he's suited up for some games with the varsity. And so I got to go to those games, even though I can't recruit technically because my son's there. <laughs> and, you know, when there's um, banter back and I, I just, I don't, I would think as a coach, you're, you're a, you're a parent, you're a leader, you're the mature per adult. Why would you allow some of that stuff? And, they do because they watch Fernando Tatis and Trevor Bauer. That's why yeah, they yeah, probably yeah. let it go. And I would always concur that, yep, you can do that if you're Trevor Bauer and Fernando Tatis, <laughs> but you're not them. Right. So when you get to the big leagues, go ahead and, and do all of that. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I've always thought that um, uh, I thought you go and play the game as hard as you can play the game. You don't need to necessarily tell anybody about how hard you're going to play the game. You just go beat them on the field. And that's how you answer the bell. I show up, I beat you, and then I go home. And I don't need to do anything more. I don't think that your criticism is unfair because, I mean, I've been completely transparent about my progress as a coach throughout the years. And I will tell you, when you are new to the to the Division One, especially uh, recruiting process and having players that, you know, suffer from – 
what I, we, we referred to with another player that we did an interview with as the big fish syndrome. Um, you know, you, you as a coach, I mean, they're unnavigated waters, but I will tell you learning from the, that experience a long time ago, my advice to players now is I have to coach you harder. Yep. I have yep. to, t- I have to tell you the way that this is, it was not about my practice plan or how I worked with you in the cage or anything like that, but I have to coach you harder and demand exactly those intangible things that you were talking about because when when I had my player get hit between the eyes with some real feedback it was something that he wasn't prepared for and to be quite honest with you I wasn't prepared for but having gone through it now I can I can better serve those who would come to that area now and also be a lot more you know honest because I have knowledge. I was ignorant to the process. So I don't think it's an unfair criticism at all. I just think that, you know, in the high school level, you're right. We have to wear so many hats and we got to do it in like a two and a half to three hour window, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that all changes once they get up to that, to that level that, you know, we're talking about, be it division one, two or three or NAI, sure. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And you're probably, who knows, you might be edging the field, doing the dirt, water in the, th- I mean, yeah, right. you do it all. So I'm, um, you know, I think, uh, I think a lot of that is, uh, and you said, you know, you mentioned you kind of learn through experience. I mean, I, it's probably great when you can get a kid, if he's, if he's on the better side or, or, or more talented or whatever, you know, on the field kind of thing, if you can have some frank conversations with him about, you know, this is an, and if I coach you this way, it'll really resonate with the rest of the team. Cause if coach is willing to say that to that guy, then we all got to kind of bring it along together. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's probably part of that might be just a byproduct of, you know, society at large, who knows? I don't know. So let's dip our toes then and do just another societal thing. And I don't think it'll be as, because that was, I mean, that's a tough question he had to answer right there, but, <laughs> but moving into these things that are still playing a role. And I, and I firmly am, am right there in lockstep with you. I actually had to look it up today. I was like, what is this Trevor Bauer one eye thing, you know? And, and I found out what it was all about, <laughs> yeah. but um, what I specifically wanted to ask you about Mark is social media. Okay. Um, in 2014, I had a player who ultimately wound up at the division two level, which is perfect for him where he needed to be. But he and his dad came to me and said, Hey coach, we want you to monitor his social media account. Um, he got it. He understood the importance of having a, you know, account that was basically free of garbage and put him in a, in a poor light. And since you guys are now relying on this digital communication more than ever, can you explain to our high school players and to their coaches and to their parents, why it's so important to build yourself a profile through that social media um, account or accounts and manage it properly throughout and then beyond the recruiting process. Why, why is that such an important tool to be used? Well, I think that the, the great uh, part of that tool is um, unlike before all of that, you can kind of get your name out there. You know, you can put video out there. Um, you know, it's easier for others, certain people. I mean, pictures that have, you know, high velocity, well, that's going to catch a lot of eyeballs. So, right. you know, that's easy. But there was a time when even if you threw hard, unless somebody talked to somebody who talked to somebody, nobody really knew if you, you know, <laughs> who you were anyway. Right. So it was all about, it used to all be like with college coaching and recruiting, it used to be a lot about networking and working harder than someone else or being at the ballpark more than somebody else or having the ties to scouts. And while all of that is still important, there are less, 
you know, secrets, so to speak, because a guy can put himself out there. So I think the great part of that tool is, is um, letting people know who you are. Now, that's a very tricky part. Like, um, I think it's great when a kid uh, sends me or maybe puts out there, um, you know, he went to such and such camp or showcase and these were his times and here's some footage from that workout or, um, you know, maybe he threw a game and here's some footage of that. Um, it's really tricky because, you know, what it, it, I don't know how they figure it out. Cause what it turns into is every guy, when he hits a home run wants to put on there. Okay. Number four. Okay. Yeah. Number six. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a little overdone. Okay. I don't, whatever. I mean, so, um, I, I, I think I, I just, I think putting stuff out there is, 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 um, is valuable. It can be helpful. It can get you eyeballs and it can get you looks and it can give you more options and ultimately bring coaches maybe possibly to come see you or at least call about you. And that's great, but I don't think it needs to be done on a, you know, um, every time you play a game, let someone know, or, you know, I mean, look at all the stuff we've seen on social media. Uh, they take batting practice and they're letting you know that they're grinding at 6 a.m. And some, I find that more about look at me than really what's this guy doing. And so then I'm going to get that guy and it's going to be about him. Right. Or is it going to be about what we're trying to do as a team? So I think it's all well-intentioned. But if there's no guide, you know, this person asked you if there's no parameters. And I guess my suggestion would be to um, I don't really think it's it's not it's not supposed to be for your ego. It's supposed to be to let people know this is who I am. I want to play college baseball. I want to continue on beyond high school. And here's where I'm at. Here's what I do. Here's some footage and kind of let that you know, let that slow play for a while. I don't, I don't know that you have to force it so much. Um, and I don't know how I would have dealt with it at the young age. And, um, you know, I, I, I sound funny. I mean, I have three boys of my own and, and they have it and I, I, I monitor it and I'm like, you know, you really should quite frankly, just stay away. I mean, we have players on our team that don't have social media at all. Most of them do, but there are some that don't. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, I had a discussion just to give you an example. Um, you know, I didn't think our team had been pitching it very well most of this season. And one of the things I noticed is I had some guys who were tweeting out or, you know, well, I don't do Snapchat, but Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> ooh, no, you know, all that right. stuff mm -hmm. and putting out um, they hit 92 or here I am throwing a bullpen. Meanwhile, you know, they have an ADRA for us and they can't get on the field. And my point was for you now at this level, all of that's distraction. Yep, yep. Like take care of your business here and let's really try to be good where we're at. And then kind of let that, you know, and I know that's a little different than the recruiting part, but I just wanted to, you know, even dealing with it here, take care of where you're at and trust that that work you put in every day is going to eventually so it's, you know, it's, it's really tough. Um, hopefully parents are in tune with it, with their kids. Um, it can get you crossed off for sure. You know, um, mm -hmm. and I think, I think that now it's been around long enough that 
I think most kids can do a pretty good job at watching what they like and maybe retweet, but man, it, you know, just stay off it, spend time in the weight room, go hit BP, great <laughs> read a book, yep. get some sleep, eat the right food and make yourself a stud. And then uh, you'll be all right. <laughs> you know, it, it, I think one of the things that we could take away as again, advice from coaches to players, par- mm-hmm. parents to sons. Right. And then finally for the player himself is that, this recruiting thing is an entire package. Sure, there's measurables, right? And yeah. and and those are boom, whoa, 98, 99, right? Those will get you noticed. But the other things that coaches do take away, and I know this for a hundred percent, you know, having known you for as long as I have, and then just talking with other guys in the business, culture, chemistry, camaraderie, the things that make a baseball team work. They stand heads and tails above all those measurables because like we we talked about at the initial outset of this, there's 35 of you out there that do relatively the same thing. And if you can become that person that allows that that glue to, you know, to stick or, you know, be a leader in your in your work group or your team or whatever the case may be, you will stand out. And I love the fact that you're telling kids and, and parents alike, let the work stand on its own. Let the work stand on its own. And, and that'll take you to places, yeah. you know, it, 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 it really will. Um, yeah, it really, it really does uh, pay off. And I think what happens is, is, you know, there are no guarantees in anything. So I think a lot of times people think, well, I do all this, this, and this, and then at the end of all of that, it's going to be this offer from such and such school. Well, it might not be there for whatever reason. That doesn't mean all of that work was for naught. It doesn't mean that there's another, not another Avenue. Um, and, and then nothing bats a thousand as much as character and attitude and the type of person you are is important to us in recruiting. We right. don't hit a thousand on all of that. Right. And, and as much as ability might seem obvious to people and we think we see it, we don't always bat a thousand on that. Right. So, you know, you're just, you're, you're hoping you hit more than you don't on all of those factors, but the, the, a person's makeup cannot be overstated. It can't be. The makeup is critical. Mm -hmm. You have to work on your mental approach. You have to work on your ability to deal with failure. You have to work on your ability to show up day after day after day when things aren't going the way you want them to go. You have to work at showing up in the gym, even though you don't feel like doing all of those kind of cliched motivational things are true. Yeah. So, you know, it, and if, if a kid can look himself in the mirror and goes, I'm doing all of these things, then I think he should take some, some, um, you know, some comfort maybe in knowing that I'm, no one's going to, I'm not going to be outworked. I, I'm going to give it everything, everything. And then we'll see what happens. I trust that that will be good. And I, um, that's where we just, you know, we've been talking for a while, but you go back to, if you love it, if you love it, then you're going there. If you love what it produces, then you're going to show up even when you don't feel well. You don't, you know, eh, yeah, I could go hit, but, you know, I got stuck on this phone for an hour. And <laughs> next thing you know, well, some, I'll tell you what, someone else was hitting for an hour. Yep. yep. And the bottom line is either there's no right or wrong, but the ones that get those opportunities typically are, are putting in the time. Well, listen, 
an extremely long day. I want everybody to know at home that uh, Coach is joining us after a game, uh, wrapping up his series with <laughs> today. So he's been on the hook talking baseball pretty much all day. We're going to let you go enjoy your family. Um, I, I cannot thank you enough, my friend, for doing this with me. Um, I, I've told you this by text before. I'm going to say it to you face to face. Well, screen to screen. <laughs> I value everything you bring to the table, man. And um, your, your candor, your ability to teach me things and to expand my uh, – my progress in this game are, are things that I can't even quantify. And I just, from the bottom of my heart and from the top of my brain, man, I thank you so much for being you. And I appreciate it so much. You and Jake as well. And Graham, a uh, guy, man, he's a ball of energy. Um, <laughs> but you guys have been great to me and in every facet. And I, I cannot thank you enough. So I'll let Rob take us out of here. But Mark, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That's that's uh, way too kind and very, I feel very, uh, very humble. I mean, I, I love baseball talking it we've always had a good relationship and hopefully um you know hopefully someone's listening and it, i mean if it can help anybody that's that's the whole point so uh, and maybe there's some future spartans out there as well <laughs> we'll find you some absolutely <laughs> that's right yeah appreciate it mark all right that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the extra innings podcast once again thank you mark very much for being on the show we appreciate you stopping by to shed some light on the college recruiting process to our listeners for adam woolley i'm rob mendeika saying thanks for tuning in and join us next week on the state champs extra innings podcast 